From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, coming up on this Tuesday edition, Secretary of State Antony Blinken reportedly struck out in his meeting with the Chinese Communist leader Xi Jinping yesterday in an attempt to establish what they call military to military communications between the U.S. and China. Well, maybe the Biden administration should get some tips from Cuba. The communist enclave is reportedly not having trouble communicating. In fact, according to U.S. intelligence reports, China and Cuba are working to establish a joint military training facility in Cuba. Talk with Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina a little bit later. And yesterday we discussed a recent Gallup survey that shows a significant uptick in the percentage of Americans who are socially conservative on a host of issues. Now, one issue that has been and remains high is the issue of taxpayer funding of abortion. Sixty percent of Americans oppose using tax dollars to pay for abortion. Now, someone needs to tell that to the Biden administration. We've been following the stand of Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville, who has put a hold on promotions of generals and admirals until the military stops violating the law by facilitating abortions with your tax dollars. What the senator is doing by holding uh, these nominations, it's a threat to our national security, period. That's what he's doing. It's shameful that he's doing this, right? I mean, he needs to be asked the question is, why is he uh, putting our national security at risk? Let me tell you what's shameful. Well, that was the perpetually uninformed White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre last week. Now, President Biden, speaking in California yesterday, said this is about, quote, that ultimate freedom, the right to choose, end quote. Now, these are the people that are in charge. The country is careening over a moral and fiscal cliff, and their focus is abortion, transgenderism, and climate change. The left's trifecta. We'll talk with Senator Tuberville in just a moment. And our own Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin will weigh in on the subject as well, as the left claims defending the law and the unborn is putting our nation's security at risk. I think, I think he might disagree. We'll see. He joins us later. And speaking of protecting the unborn, last Friday, the Iowa State Supreme Court deadlocked three to three on the state's heartbeat law which had been blocked by a lower court in the state. What does this mean for the unborn in Iowa? Well, the president of Iowa's family leader, Bob Vanderplatz, joins us later with the answer. And don't forget, Washington Watch will be in Iowa tomorrow. We'll be broadcasting tomorrow from Experience Church. And then at 7 p.m. tomorrow evening, we'll be hosting a live town hall meeting for life. To join us or find out more, go to prayvotestand.org slash hall. Also coming up on this edition of Washington Watch, the Attorney General of Missouri, Andrew Bailey, joins us in studio with a preview of his testimony tomorrow on Capitol Hill regarding the Biden administration's collusion with big tech to suppress conservative speech. So buckle up. We've got a lot of ground to cover in one short hour. Our word for today comes from Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus taught that those who followed the way of the king and the kingdom would face opposition and even persecution. But notice the persecution is on this earth and the reward in heaven. 
The earth is temporal, heaven eternal. Notice also that we were not the first. The history of the church is a story of persecution. Now, we've enjoyed enjoyed relative peace as Christians in America because the influence of the church has been pervasive in our culture. But as the church has retreated from its mission, we've seen hostility grow toward those who follow Jesus and live counter to the culture. Just another reminder why we need to pray, vote, and stand for truth. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. Yesterday, we discussed with Congressman Keith Self of Texas how Secretary of the Army, Christine Wormuth, is blaming conservatives for the Army's failure to meet its recruiting goals because those conservatives are pointing out the military's wokeness. Well, here is Pentagon Press Secretary Sabrina Singh saying Senator Tuberville is putting military readiness at risk because he is holding up flag officer approvals over the military's illegal facilitation of abortion. These holds set a dangerous precedent and puts our military readiness at risk at a time when our military is expected to defend the nation, meet the acute threat of Russia, and address the pacing challenge of the PRC. Well, joining us now to set the record straight is the senator from Alabama, Senator Tommy Tuberville. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Armed Services Committee and the Senate Committee on Veterans Affairs. Coach, welcome back to Washington Watch. Hey, Tony, how are you? I'm doing fine, sir. Uh, Before we get into this topic, I want to get your response to the meeting between Secretary of State Blinken and the leader of the Communist Party in China. Well, first of all, he's not the person we need to be sending over negotiating. Uh, I don't think he's got very, he doesn't have any sales skills, Tony. Here's a guy that's just kind of blah. He doesn't have any enthusiasm to him. You can tell he goes and he takes punches and never gives punches. Uh, You know, I've I've evaluated people all my life and this is not a fighter. I mean, this guy just gives away everything. And that's what he did yesterday. He basically went in and he got scolded about us shooting down their balloon. He got scolded about us talking about protecting Taiwan and pretty much come out of that meeting and, and agreed with uh, Xi Ping and said, uh, you know, we're, we're going to quit talking about the balloon. And, and uh, we do not uh, think that Taiwan uh, needs to be defended with their independence. And so just opposite of what he should have been doing. He should have, first of all, Joe Biden should have been over there, not Tony Blinken. Uh, we need the leadership from the White House, and all we do is follow by. And all we're doing is, Tony, is showing weakness around the world. Nobody, nobody respects us anymore. And this was just an absolute debacle. You know, him coming out and doing a press conference. I'd been him. I'd have never done a press conference. I'd have come home and with my uh, head between my legs and just, just, just uh, not admitted what I'd agreed to. Now, Senator, you've been pretty tough on China on the Armed Services Committee, in fact, uh, inserting several provisions in the National Defense Authorization Act regarding China. Are are we being too soft on China? Are they leading us as opposed to us leading them when it comes to establishing the parameters of how we're going to interact? Yeah, well, you there's room for people in this country to make decisions at the leadership level in terms of the superpower, so to speak. You got to remember our, our GDP now is about 21 trillion. China's is about 17 trillion. Russia is about 1.4 trillion. And so we've left uh, Russia way behind, but China 
uh, has picked up uh, where Russia left off about 10, 15 years ago, and now they've caught up to us. And they'll pass us up in a very short period of time if we continue to give everything away and and not fight back. We're not fighters anymore, Tony. We, we're, we're, we just, we take what people say and, and uh, you know, we, 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 we turn the other cheek, so to speak, when we should be fighting in terms of our economy, uh, getting our manufacturing back into the United States and making a strong military. You know, having a strong military is the number one thing we need to have. And uh, right now we are trailing by far behind the Chinese Communist Party and we need to understand that. Uh, Coach, you used a phrase that uh, comes from Scripture, turning the other cheek. And, and that is when we are personally affronted, when we are affected. But when it comes to defending the defenseless, the unborn, the nation, uh, that, that's when we got to stand up and, and there are certain red lines that uh, we just we, we cannot allow to be crossed. And earlier today, you and I had a chance to visit up on Capitol Hill, you've drawn a red line on the issue of the unborn and the law when it comes to the military and how they're facilitating abortions. Well, you're exactly right. And listen to the young ladies talk uh, in the briefing, one from the Pentagon, one from the White House, talking about, you know, how I was doing the wrong thing. Number one, they they probably don't know what I'm doing uh, and don't understand it. But the thing is, we're going to stand up for the unborn in this country. And uh, I'm a Republican, I'm a conservative Republican, I'm a Christian uh, conservative Republican. And I believe the sanctity of life and protecting that life. And uh, I don't think that we get far enough into that sometimes. Uh, but that being said, we need to speak out every day for this. I'm, I've drawn more in a red line. Uh, I've gotten even, even more uh, stronger in my belief of what I'm doing because they continue to to set, say these things in the, in the public's eye, in the media, but they never say anything to me. There's no discussion. There's no dialogue. Uh, I've never heard from the White House. I've had a 10-minute discussion with the, uh, with the Department of Defense in the last four months, and that's it. And you think if, if they're having problems with military readiness, I'd, if I was the president of the United States, the leader of this country, I'd call over and say, listen, coach, could you come visit with me? Let's sit down in my office and get this worked out because we have huge problems. We we have huge, huge needs in the military. We don't have that. I mean, there's not one job that's unfilled. Uh, everybody's doing their job. Unfortunately, they're building a woke military out of their philosophy that they've got running through the DOD right now. It's hurting us more than anything. So, uh, we're not going to back down from this, Tony. That's, we're, we're sticking with our with what we need to do here to fight for uh, our country and our rights, uh, but also to fight for them not legislating from the White House. What if they come out next week and and they said uh, Joe Biden is going to make a law that we're going we're going to not allow churches to only meet one time a month? Uh, I mean, they could do stuff like that if we continue to let them make up laws in their head. And only from the White House, and not through, not go through Congress. We're going to have a very, very tough time in this country. So, so, Coach, just to be very clear here: not only is this an issue of protecting the unborn, but it's also an issue of protecting the law. The Congress has set the law that you know we cannot use tax dollars to facilitate abortions. That's, as I said earlier at the opening of the program, that's a sixty percent issue in public opinion. But it's also what Congress has set as the law. The military 
post-Dobbs has simply said, well, we're going to pay for women to fly wherever they want or to go where they need to get time off, which is a facilitation of abortion, which is against the law. Yeah, Tony, we've had a we've had a, a uh, policy in the military for decades that has worked. And is, we've had very few abortions only because of rape, incest and health of the mom. Uh, no taxpayer expense. We've had no problems. But since Roe Wade was handed down back to the states uh, almost a year ago, uh, they found any way possible to think that, hey, anybody that works for the federal, federal government, we're going to be able to get an abortion for them if they want it. That's not their job. Their job is to go over the laws that we pass in Congress, not to make the laws in the White House. Well, Coach, I want you to know we're standing with you and millions of other Americans are standing with you as you stand for the unborn and the law, two very fundamental elements of what makes America different. We're ruled by the law and we protect the vulnerable. Coach, we appreciate your leadership and uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Tony. One thing I'd like to say, too, if you're listening to this show, call your congressman and put your two cents worth in uh, the people that represent your community and let them know know how you stand on this. And uh, because it's going to get rougher as it goes. Uh, I'm tough. I've been called everything in the world being a coach, but we're going to need people standing up in their communities, letting know uh, their congressman know exactly what they believe in and how they want them to stand up. And we'll encourage folks to do that. Coach, great to see you. Thank you. All right, folks, you, you heard the uh, the call of the coach. That's that's the play. We need to call our members of Congress. We'll be back after this. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific 
specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipling their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday. The website is TonyPerkins.com. All right, the, the coach wants you to give your members of Congress a call, so you can call your senators, your two senators, and your member of Congress. I've got the senator, the Senate switchboard is 224, well, let me start with the area code, 202-224-3121 is the Senate switchboard. That way you can call your members of the, the Senate. And, uh, and by the way, if you live in Alabama, you're, you're fortunate because you've got Senator uh, Tuberville as your senator. But you know what? You need to really encourage him. And even if you're not from Alabama, it would be a great thing to do to encourage him. We, we actually have his uh, Twitter account uh, linked at TonyPerkins.com. But you know what? When these guys take these stands, they're really standing alone. And so it's great if uh, you wouldn't mind contacting them and encouraging them. The House Oversight and Accountability Committee will hold a hearing tomorrow to examine the government's response throughout the COVID pandemic. Now, you'll recall that as uh, casinos and liquor stores conducted business as usual, officials in many locations shuttered churches and schools while the Biden administration colluded with big tech to censor American voices, those that did not agree with what they were doing. Well, joining me now in studio to discuss this is Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, who will actually testify before Congress tomorrow. General Bailey, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. All right. So we talked about this before, but new information has come forth. You're involved in a lawsuit, uh, the state of Missouri, along with uh, my good friend Jeff Landry, my attorney general in Louisiana. What's the latest that you've uncovered? Well, 20,000 documents have been turned over in discovery. We've taken numerous depositions, and we've uncovered this vast censorship enterprise emanating across the federal government. My fear is that that censorship enterprise has actually grown since we initiated this lawsuit. We've most recently been to court to ask for a preliminary injunction and class certification to put a stop to it, to erect a wall between tech and state to protect Americans' First Amendment rights to free speech. So... Let me be very clear on this, General. This is not speculation. This is information that you have in hand that shows that there was this collusion between 
the Biden administration, the federal government, and big tech to silence certain voices in America. That's absolutely right. And most often they silence conservative voices. The government was hard-pressed in court when asked by the judge to identify a single liberal's voice that was suppressed. And the only example they had was one political opponent of the president. And what we have is email traffic from the White House digital director that indicates that President Biden himself is involved. But there was so much censorship going on across big tech social media at the behest of the federal government that the federal government actually had to consolidate that authority and that power in one agency to act as the nerve center for the censorship enterprise. This is unconstitutional. Absolutely. This is the worst First Amendment violation in this nation's history. And we're going to continue to fight to protect Americans' rights to free speech. What they do is they say that, well, we're just we're trying to suppress mis, dis and malinformation. But it's up to the people to have that conversation to determine what they do and don't believe, not federal bureaucrats. Think of this for a moment. I look at the Bible as objective truth, God's word. I guarantee there are officials in the Biden administration that don't agree with me. Right. So what if they call that mis, dis or malinformation? And the worst part about it is we might never know our voices are being suppressed because there's no notification given to either the speakers who are posting on social media or the potential recipients of the of the posts and the information that are then deprived of free, fair and honest debate. So, So, General, what's the remedy here? Well, the remedy is we want the court to certify the class as anyone whose uh, speech has been suppressed or censored on social media platforms. We want prospective relief, and we want a, a nationwide injunction to put a stop to it, to erect that wall between state and tech. So would this then, the evidence that that was being adhered to would be the dismantling of this infrastructure that's been in put in place at the federal level? That's absolutely necessary. We know that it starts in the Department of Homeland Security security, an agency that was created in the wake of 9-11 to protect Americans from foreign attack. It's now been weaponized against Americans to suppress our speech and a betrayal of our trust and values. General, I I just got to ask you this again. I mean, this is based upon evidence that you have in hand through discovery. Absolutely. We have emails from uh, April of 2021 where the White House digital director is demanding that big tech social media remove uh, a Tucker Carlson video, for instance. We have the email evidence to prove that. That's just one example in, in many and in the more than 20,000 documents that we have. And here's the scary thing. Big tech social media pushed back and said, well, this video doesn't actually violate our censorship policy. And, and the White House digital director said, we don't care. We want it down anyway. Jen Psaki, the former press secretary, has said from the White House podium that they are flagging posts yeah. that they want removed and that they know that big tech social media understands what they're trying to do. So based on the evidence that you have collected through this deposition or, and through um, the means that you've used, will any one individual be held accountable for violating the First Amendment rights of Americans? Absolutely. If there are violations of the First Amendment, we're going to fight to hold people accountable. And once we get that court order, we have no problem going back to court and moving for contempt proceedings against any federal official who wants to violate Americans' First Amendment right to free speech. So, well, some of those, I mean, obviously you mentioned Tucker Carlson, and I'm sure there's Thousands of other conservative names that uh, have appeared in there. Wouldn't be surprised to see Washington Watch in the list. Will those individuals who have been aggrieved by particular members of the Biden administration be able to take legal action against them? That's certainly something worth looking at and that those individuals are going to want to pursue. We're looking at prospective relief because we want to put a stop to it to protect 
the next election cycle. But, but I think part of preventative is going back to ensure that those who did it were held accountable and, and quite frankly, punished. I mean, this is something that is fundamental to the United States of America to making us that exceptional country is that we can have differences of opinion, and, but we have the freedom to express it. That's absolutely right. The remedy in this nation for disfavored speech has always been counter speech, not government right. censorship. My concern has always been that when you suppress speech, you end up with events like January the 6th because people are frustrated and they act out of frustration. That's absolutely right. It's, it erodes trust and confidence in our governmental institutions when the government lies to us and, and suppresses our free, fair, and open debate. And you see outbursts of, of, of other forms of, of political activity when we can't have that speech. Well, General, unfortunately, we are out of time. And uh, well, I could talk about this all hour long. But we'll be following your testimony tomorrow, and I'm sure we will be following up in the days ahead. Look forward to it. Thank you. General Bailey, thanks so much for being with us. All right, folks, don't go away because there is still more Washington Watch to come. We're going to be taking a look at activist judges in Iowa have prevented a law to protect the unborn there from taking effect. We're going to talk with the leader of the family of the uh, family leader there in Iowa. Bob Vanderplatz joins us next. We're also going to be talking about our town hall meeting for life that will be taking place in Des Moines tomorrow. So stay tuned. More Washington Watch straight ahead. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled a Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org slash worldview. Again, go to frc.org slash worldview. Welcome back. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday. Wow, I tell you what, that's uh, just unbelievable what is happening 
You know, people talk about the deep state. In fact, I was with uh, Mike Pompeo last week, and someone asked him about the deep state. Is it real? He said, you better believe it's real. And, and that's what we see happening. That's why we've got to expose it. And this is why Washington Watch and programs like this are so important, because we're circumventing the social media platforms which are censoring conservative speech. And you know what? This program, as I've said before, only occurs because of people like you across this country that are partnering with us. And it, it wouldn't be happening if it were up to the government. We receive no government money. We're funded completely by folks that care about this country, patriots that love this country and love God. And, and if you'd like to partner with us as we're coming up to the end of the, our fiscal year, which ends June the 30th, I would certainly invite you and encourage you to prayerfully consider it. In fact, today we've got uh, members of our team standing by to take your phone call if you'd like to partner with us. And you can just give us a call, 800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008. Or you can text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 67742. That's 67742, the word GIVE. And you'll be taken to a link and you can partner with us, and I, I, I would greatly appreciate it. And I want to thank all of those yesterday who responded and have partnered with us to ensure that Washington Watch and the truth continues to go out across the airwaves of America. All right, as I mentioned, the Iowa Supreme Court deadlocked on a case 3-3 three to three last Friday. All six judges were appointed by Republican governors. One sidestepped the decision, recused themselves. This is over the state's heartbeat law. Now, the law does not go into effect because of the deadlock. So what's next in Iowa? Well, joining us now to, uh, to talk about this is Bob Vanderplatz. He is the leader of the family leader there in Iowa. Bob, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Well, by the way, before we get into this topic, tomorrow night we're going to be together in Iowa in Des Moines at Experience Church. We're going to be having a town hall meeting for life. That'll be tomorrow at 7 p.m. Central Time. So, folks, you can be a part of that. Senator Lindsey Graham will be a part of it. We'll have Marjorie Dannenfelser will be there, Myra Rodriguez, and, uh, and of course, Bob will be there as well. So to find out more, go to prayvotestand.org slash hall. So, Bob, give us the, uh, the update on what the court's decision has done to Iowa's pro-life law, the heartbeat law. Well, it's really disappointing because, uh, first of all, the Iowa Supreme Court back in 2018 found a constitutional right to abortion in Iowa's constitution. And we know that's not right. And so because of the leadership of Governor Kim Reynolds appointed some different justices, we appealed a 72-hour bill uh, to the Iowa Supreme Court. This court overturned itself and said there is no right uh, to an abortion in the Iowa Constitution. And that was done, Tony, a week before the overturn of Roe v. Wade, which basically said we're going to give it back to the states. So what happened then is that Governor Reynolds decided we're going to appeal the heartbeat law, which was given an injunction by a lower court judge and then the Supreme Court said there's a constitutional right to abortion. We're going to appeal this law now to the Iowa Supreme Court. And basically, it just wasn't a deadlock 3-3, but it is a deeply divided court. The three that I'll call dissenters who went against approving the heartbeat bill, they said it was kind of a hypothetical law. Governor Reynolds really didn't mean it. 
The legislature didn't mean it. They never thought it would take effect. Um, they wanted to give women more rights and say, taking your trash out uh, to the curb. I mean, just ridiculous arguments. And then the other three who affirmed the heartbeat law, they went after these three dissenting judges and said, you guys are trying to be a super legislature. This is activism on steroids. I mean, obviously they meant it because they appealed it to us. And so they wanted to see the heartbeat law stick. It's three to three. As you're, you're right, one of the justices recused herself because she used to, or her firm used to represent Planned Parenthood. And so this is the arena in which we live today. I know that Governor Reynolds and the legislature are extremely upset because of the violation of the separation of powers. So, Bob, could we look for the legislature to come back in session to deal with this? You know, I think all options are on the on the table, Tony. One of them is to for Governor Reynolds to call a special session after she returns from a trade mission, I believe, to the Middle East, and basically reaffirm the heartbeat law and say, you know, we weren't kidding, we weren't joke, joking, we really want this to stick. But you're already getting some rumblings, Tony, of within the legislature saying, hey, if they want to be a legislator, they should resign, run for the legislature. If they want to be a talk show host, same same type of thing. Or maybe we need to take a look at impeachment or in Iowa, we've ousted justices over the violation of separation of powers before. Yeah, in fact, I remember doing some bus tours up in <laughs> Iowa where we, uh, we saw some uh, judges who were aggressively redefining marriage were uh, booted out uh, a number of years back. So, well, well, Bob, we're out of time, but I want to thank you for joining us today. Look forward to being with you tomorrow as we once again talk about the issue of life and how it's not just a state issue, it's a federal issue. It is all hands on deck to protect the unborn. I appreciate all that you guys are doing there in Iowa leading the way. Appreciate you as well, Tony. Thanks for having me on. All right. Bob Vanderplatz from the Iowa Family Leader. And again, we're going to be there tomorrow night for a live Town Hall for Life meeting at 7 p.m. That's 7 p.m. Central Time. To find out more, go to prayvotestand.org slash townhall. You can join us. Well, coming up next is another one of our guests who will be with us tomorrow night at the Town Hall meeting, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. He joins us next to talk all things China. That's next. Don't go away. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to prayvotestand.org. Again, that's prayvotestand.org.
Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742 and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged, be in the know, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. I'm Tony Perkins, and this is Washington Watch. By the way, let me give you that switchboard number again where you can contact both your senators and your member of Congress. It's 202-224-3121, as we were talking earlier with Senator Tuberville. Also, another phone number to give out, as I was mentioning, the Family Research Council, we are celebrating 40 years, and our mission has been to champion biblical truth here in our nation's capital and across the country in public policy and the culture. As we end come to the end of our fiscal year, I would certainly ask you to prayerfully consider standing with and partnering with the Family Research Council. And if you'd like to partner with FRC during this critical time in our nation, I'd actually like to send you a digital copy of my new study guide on Nehemiah, Rebuilding a Nation, for your gift of $7 or more. I have members of our team standing by to take your call at 800 225 4008. That's 800 225 4008. Or you can text the word give to 67742. And together, I think through the power of God, we can rebuild the spiritual walls of our nation. New reports indicate the Communist Party of China is negotiating with Cuban officials to launch a military training facility on the island, less than 100 miles from the Florida coast. Along with Secretary of State Antony Blinken's unproductive meetings this week in Beijing, the report raises further doubts about the Biden administration and its approach to the communist country. Join me now by phone to discuss this and more is South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Judiciary Committee, where he is the ranking member. Senator Graham, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Tony, very much. Before I get into uh, to China... 
I just want to mention that we, uh, you'll be, I mentioned this earlier, but you're going to be with us tomorrow in Des Moines, Iowa for the Town Hall for Life meeting. I, touch on why you think it's important that we draw attention to this issue of the sanctity of human life as we approach the one-year anniversary of the Dobbs decision. Well, it's very important. I mean, <clears throat> if the pro-life movement is about the unborn child, uh, then we would have a national minimum standard in Washington. At 15 weeks, a baby sucks his thumb, can feel pain. 47 of 50 European nations limit abortion on demand from 12 to 15 weeks. Uh, the question is, is uh, post-Dobbs, is abortion a states' rights issue or is it a human rights issue? Does it really matter what states are conceived in if at 15 weeks babies feel pain? In most places in the world, except China and North Korea, outlaw abortion at that moment in time. So this is an important discussion we're having tomorrow. It's going to define the future of the pro-life movement. And in my view, the status of an unborn child is not a state's rights issue. It is a human rights issue. Uh, Senator, it only seems to be Republicans, some Republicans, not all, but some Republicans that are suggesting this is a state's issue because it's certainly not coming from the Democratic Party. In fact, this was just earlier this afternoon. Uh, First Lady Jill Biden had a, an event at the White House called a conversation at the White House on the impact of the Dobbs decision. I want to play this clip for you and get your response. Clip five, please. The Dobbs decision was devastating. And Joe is doing everything he can do to fight back. But the only way that we can ensure that every woman has the fundamental freedoms she deserves is for Congress to make the protections of Roe v. Wade the law of the land once again. So it certainly doesn't sound like the Democrats think this is an issue for the states. Well, number one, uh, the idea of making Roe v. Wade the law of the land is not what they're doing. They've introduced legislation that will allow abortion on demand up to the moment of birth with taxpayer funding. Roe v. Wade didn't allow for that. This is well beyond Roe v. Wade. This puts us with uh, North Korea and China, nations that allow abortion on demand, state-funded, up to the moment of birth. That's the democratic position on abortion. My position is, as a nation, we should outlaw late-term abortions. At 15 weeks, a child is capable of feeling pain, whether they are conceived in California or South Carolina. 47 of 50 European nations uh, prohibit abortion from 12 to 15 weeks. France is at 14 weeks. So my position is there should be some national minimum standard. You can do more at the state level. But at 15 weeks, because the, the child is pain capable, we draw a line like the civilized world. This is a debate worth having to the states' rights people out there. You're ignoring the child. What right. does it matter where you're conceived if in 15 weeks a child's sucking their thumb, they can feel pain? If they're dismembered in California, that matters to me. Well, and that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow night. We're going to talk about the way forward for protecting the unborn in America. So, folks, you can tune in. 7 p.m. Central Time will be coming to you live from Des Moines, Iowa. To find out more, go to prayvotestand.org slash town hall. All right, Senator, I want to transition to the fact that we now know that uh, the Chinese are in conversations with the Cubans to 
put in place a joint military training site just 100 miles from the American shore. Your thoughts? Well, if you've ever bought a car and you threaten to walk away from the dealer because you thought it was too high, and you turn around before you get out of the parking lot and you come back to talk to them, you're not going to get a good deal. So we have China setting up shop to spy on us 100 miles off our coast. And what do we do? We go uninvited to China to, to smooth things over. You talk about a sign of weakness. Uh, can you imagine Trump going to China after such provocation? So the Chinese must be just laughing. Here we are, they are, spying on us 100 miles away in Cuba, and we're coming to China really uninvited to make sure that everybody's happy. It's, it's crazy. You'd never buy a car doing that. Well, it'll make it easier for them to launch their balloons if they do it from Cuba. This is insane. This just shows they, that they would crawl through glass to get a deal with Iran. The Ayatollah wants a nuclear weapon to blow Israel off the face of the earth. If you don't believe me, just listen to him. So we're living dangerous times. You know, they're going to the Chinese Communist Party not to complain about spying in Cuba, but to calm things down. Well, the best way you can calm things down is not put up a spy shop 100 miles off our coast. Right. Well, Senator, I know you uh, you, you have to go. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night in Iowa. We'll yeah. be talking about the sanctity of human life and the role that the federal government continues to have in that. Senator, great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us today. God bless. Thank you. All right, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. Again, we're going to have a much broader conversation tomorrow night in Iowa, 7 p.m. Central Time, Town Hall for Life. And uh, so you can find out more about that by going to prayvotestand.org. All right, I want to bring in our own general, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, uh, retired after 36 and a half years from the United States uh, Army, founding member of Delta, and oversaw all of the, the Army Special Forces. Uh, General, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to be with you. All right, so I, I want to start first with, you heard the conversation I was having with Lindsay very briefly on, on uh, China, the fact that they're uh, reportedly in conversations, working with, we don't know how advanced, how far along this is, with Cuba to establish a joint training facility for the military there in Cuba. Yeah, you know, a joint training facility is one thing, um, but a, uh, a headquarters from which they can uh, can spy on America is something entirely different. And we know and that that's, that's already been reported. There, there, right. There's four sites there that they are eavesdropping on America. That's right, and I, I was listening to some of the commentary on that today, and uh, it's very clear that uh, they've got an all-out uh, intel war against us from Cuba. It's a perfect place to do that. They're in the right footprint to be able to use every system that they have, 90 miles off our coast. And uh, I think that it's uh, shameless that we have allowed that to happen uh, on this administration's watch. So, so what type of information would they be gathering? They'll be doing a lot of signals intelligence. They'll be collecting radio signals. They'll be collecting... Uh, it, all kinds of electronic signals they'll from, be getting. From our military and from our... From our military. You know, we got the, the Southern Command headquarters is in Miami. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, our headquarters. But also, they can do industrial espionage from there. Uh, just listening to what's being said or copying what's being said and intercepting it. 
Uh, so they can. They, it's a it's a so full look, spectrum capability. So, so we're a pretty open society, and a lot of information is out there. You know, the press is aggressively reporting things. So. Is there still a lot of information that they would be able to capture that's not in the public domain? There is. We're we are good. We, I mean, we really are good in terms of uh, counterintelligence, in other words, protecting our intel. But we're not perfect. And the question then is, how many of those not perfect operations do they have to intercept? Or how many... But one of the things that they'll do down there is they will do human intelligence because they've got Cubans that come back and forth. Yeah. Between. It'll be easier to recruit human that, assets. That's exactly right. Which is where most of our biggest uh, breaches of, of right. intel have occurred through human assets. And I can tell you from my previous experiences uh, that it is a perfect place. They love to go into Cuba and recruit uh, assets and then run those assets against America, sometimes in America, sometimes in other Latin countries, but they'll run those assets. It's much harder to detect. Oh, yeah, much harder. And uh, But keep in mind, it is also common knowledge that embassies are there to provide a base for uh, right. whatever intelligence right. network that country we watch is using. Them. Yeah. But we watch them because many of them are declared. They're legal spies. Right. They are declared. And uh, the chief of station is always but, but declared. But we, we track them. We actually we, watch That's them. exactly right. And and they track us. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, it used to be high adventure, cat and mouse right. in the Soviet Union. Yeah, well, you've told me some of those stories. Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> we better stop there or I'll be in trouble. Yeah. Well, let's. I want to. I want to transition to another topic regarding the military and the claims that what Senator Tommy Tuberville is doing by holding the military accountable to the law—that is, taxpayer funding, facilitating of abortion—is putting our nation's military at risk. I want to. I want to uh, play a clip from from your, one of your favorite people, the White House Press Secretary Karine Jean Pierre. Clip number two. What the senator is doing by holding uh, these nominations, it's a threat to our national security, period. That's what he's doing. It's shameful that he's doing this, right? I mean, he needs to be asked the question is, why is he uh, putting our national security at risk? You know, I, I have thoughts what's, what's really shameful, but I'm not going to get into that. I'd it's rather... unsanctified what you're thinking, <laughs> so go ahead. I mean, it's, it's incredible that, that these people are put out there to speak. They don't even know the truth. I mean, yeah. is what the senator is doing, which, by the way, it's not the first time that a senator has has held up promotions of flag officers for different reasons. That's right. Quite frankly, I think this is a really good reason. Two reasons. One, the unborn, because what we're looking at is, is based upon calculations, the military averages about 20 abortions a year under the previous policy that was in place. Under this, it could jump to 4,000 a year. That's one issue. But secondly is the law. As I talked about with Senator Tuberville earlier, it's not for the White House or the Pentagon to change the law. That's Congress. Yeah. Also, though, Tony, it's, this is nonsense. They're not being truthful with us because not only about the law itself, but the fact of the matter is Every one of those people that is on the promotion list that they have an assignment for, they can put them there at their current rank. Right. Because I was put into my rank of three stars 
while I was still a two-star, and I stayed that way for about six months. It happens all the time. So what they're doing is, Corinne, I don't, I don't know who, this woman, she wouldn't know national security if he hit her in the face. Look, she's, she's just a, a, a mouthpiece for the administration. But it is very common to put people into positions because you need them there. You need commanders there. You need whatever they're there it may provisionally? be. Huh? Are they there provisionally? They're there provisionally until whatever is holding them up is adjudicated, so, and then their back pay comes in so they don't lose any money. So let's say the post is for a three-star, but a two-star is placed in there until his third star or her third star comes in. Yeah, what will happen is a guy gets promoted to a third star, fourth star, whatever it is, and he'll be designated as the next uh, G3 of the Army, the next operations officer of the Army. But he's under some kind of investigation, which is very, very common because people go after you. And then uh, all of a sudden he will be adjudicated and they'll put him into the position. So it's not just a, a provisional. He, so so these, aren't, th- th- these are not empty desks in offices not, that are no. sitting there that they're waiting for somebody to no. come in and run the military. But that's the fallacy of the whole thing. Yeah. That's what they're trying to get you and me to believe. Well, in our case, we've been there. Yeah. So, in other words, they're lying. Yes. Yes. They are lying. And, and leading the them, American people to think that our nation is at risk yeah. because these officers aren't receiving their promotion. They're still in the post. They can be in the post. And what they want us to believe is that America is in great jeopardy because we can't put those officers into the position right. where the administration it could be resolved wants. it could be resolved overnight if they it just go back to the they policy that, the law. that's right that's exactly it all right general we're out of time i wish we had more time yeah well let's go watch reruns of the I'll white house press what, secretary turboville is a great american he, he certainly is and folks you need to pray for him and uh, and support him all right we are out of time until next time. And by the way, we'll be in Iowa tomorrow, so tune in, prayvotestand.org slash townhall. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 7234.